I'm Agent Phil Coulson with the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division. That's quite a mouthful. I know. We're working on it. Welcome to Agents of MILFcast. I am Colonel Chaos, the headmaster. And join me tonight, the one, the only, the absolutely amazing, astonishing, spectacular, the junior principal himself, Agent Andy Antman Urquhart. How you doing, Agent? Uh, yes, doing well. <laughs> I wondered how many Spider-Man... Yeah, monocles you would try and fit in there. <laughs> I, I think I got them all. I got, should should I say like this is just another Marvel team up tonight? Yeah, yeah. I, I would yeah, consider yeah. myself the the superior, but you know, <laughs> and not the superior Spider Man. Not my Spider Man. The, the superior from uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield, of course. Okay. okay. <laughs> you can say that about this movie too. Not my Spider Man. Uh, well, you know, I know you say that, but I, I like this. I like this version of Spider-Man. We'll get into it. Did you? Yeah, you know, uh, this being the their John Hughes movie, and we'll get. Yes, we are going to get into this. I, I fu- just found out that they are uh, billing uh, the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie as Marvel's first rom-com. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, the first the Ant Man movie was like a heist movie, and it worked pretty decently as that. But yeah, I don't know how I feel about a rom com. Like they've kind of done like a bit of that already in in uh, Ant Man. Mm-hmm. They had all the stuff with uh, with his training when he was like jumping back and forth for the door and running to the door and all that, and they had a bit of that kind of sort of stuff in there. So, yeah, I don't know that I'm that keen on them doing a wrong com. I, I would assume it will. It's it's a Marvel movie, so it will be or a Marvel Studios movie. So I I think it will be. It'll have elements of a rom com in it, but it will not be like a actual rom com. We can only hope. Hmm. <laughs> but, but I mean, I hope they don't go too far down the route of like pushing Paul Rudd right into his like comedy chops because I mean he is like he is a comedic actor for the most part and I don't really want to see him like pulling out like the his stuff from Anchorman and, and that sort of thing I don't like that <laughs> that wouldn't fit here like he's supposed to like, okay he's got some like quirks and whatnot, but yeah at the end of the day he is a superhero right yeah I he needs to be heroic 
I'm just kind of uh, we'll we'll see. But yes, that's for an episode way down the line. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing too too many things at once. All right. <laughs> Why isn't ah? Uh, all right, I, I'm having bad luck here. Um. <laughs> All right, so tonight is, uh, we're not doing news, I don't think we're doing Twitters, we're just going um, to do, uh, we're just doing uh, the Aunt, Aunt Milf the movie. Aunt Milf the movie. Also, knowing in the real world that it's not Chaps World, there's a Spider-Man Homecoming. <laughs> also known as Spider-Douche. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't go with that. I, I just Spider Man. Yeah, he's, he's I, I guess we know how I felt about the movie. Yeah, yeah, you're spoiling it, chap. You're spoiling it. <laughs> Spoilers. Chip didn't like it. <laughs> um, now you, you we, we obviously it's been a while since this movie came out, and uh, we apologize that we've not gotten to it yet. But we've had so many other things to cover. And we we obviously prioritise getting Iron Fist done, and now that's out the way. Shield is now back, and uh, we decided that now is the time to to do Spider Man. It's not that long come out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray and whatnot. So this way, everybody got to check it out. Yeah, and uh, and we've obviously still got in the pipeline Defenders and Punisher, and uh, at some point Thor. <laughs> And Runaways. And Runaways, yeah, as well, as uh, obviously fitting in our regularly, regularly scheduled uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes. <laughs> and and one day we need to cover that in Humans TV show. <laughs> 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 that means watching that TV show. Uh, yeah. Can't wait for that one. But yeah, so, yeah, Spider-Man Homecoming. So, uh... We both initially saw it like in the cinema release when it originally came out, and and you went to the cinema on a boat to see it again. Yes. <laughs> yep. We got to see it twice, and I, I watched it again over the weekend with the with the wife because because uh, I went to see it with my dad and uh, and my daughter when it came out of the cinema, and uh, my wife hadn't actually seen it because she couldn't come with us, and we went to see it. Um, so we we sat down and watched it the other day, and. Uh, and she really enjoyed it. Mm. Like it, it's a it's a good movie. <laughs> Despite what Chip will say in this episode, it's a good movie. Uh, I'm, I'm putting that out there. <laughs> but yeah, so I've got I've got like a, a bit of a plot synopsis here, and then we can kind of go through and like talk about what we liked and what we maybe didn't like, um, as well as like some of the Easter eggs and whatnot that that happened in it. Mm-hmm. So this is just a brief plot synopsis, not not. Not, not my usual deep dive. <laughs> Thank uh, cause, God, because I think it's. I think we want to kind of more get into the the weeds of like what worked and what didn't work in, in this movie, rather than focus on the the, the plot points. But anyway, I've got the uh, I've got the synopsis here. So, uh, the movie the movie kicks off in the past. So, basically, immediately after the Battle of New York, which. 
And the movie goes off the rails right from the first scene, to be honest, because <laughs> they show you they show you this scene. So it's after the Battle of New York, and uh, this guy Adrian Toomes and his salvage company are like contracted to clean up the city, and they are essentially cleaning up all the mess and the destruction that happened in the wake of the uh, the Battle of New York. So there's all the Tritauri weaponry which is no longer functioning plus all the wrecked buildings and cars and all the other assorted stuff that was kicking about um so they're clearing all that up uh, they then have their operation taken over by the department of damage control which they they shorten it to the ddoc just call it damage control um and damage control is from the comic books it was a uh company in the comic books that went in after these like big superhero battles and cleaned up the mess um so i like that they brought that in and if if you do remember we've spoken on on uh many episodes about them potentially bringing a damage control tv show out and um, that that uh clearly didn't happen and they opted to use them a little bit here in the movie don't know how much they're gonna uh play into the mcu as a whole but they might be around at some point um, but yeah, basically this Department of Damage Control is a partnership between Tony Stark and presumably like Stark Enterprises and maybe maybe the Avengers are involved in it in some way uh, and, and as well as the US government. Um, Toomes is a bit annoyed about <laughs> being driven out of like the business obviously because that is how he was making his money and now he's had his, uh, essentially had his job taken away from him. He's, yeah, they, he's come they, they, been downsized. They ripped, the, they ripped up the contract. Yep. <laughs> uh, so he he persuades some of his employees to keep some of the Chitauri technology that they've got scavenged and use it to create and sell some advanced weapons because they've been kind of messing around with it and poking and prodding it to see what it does. Now, they really messed up the timeline here because they flash up a screen where it says eight years later. And that messes up the entire timeline of the MCU completely, which is very confusing because as far as we understood... The Battle of New York took place in the year 2012. Mm-hmm. And it, it it could not have possibly taken place any earlier than the year 2011 because it has been confirmed that the preceding movies to the Avengers movie took place in 2011. All, like, all within the same week, so like Iron Man 2 and uh, Captain America and whatnot because it was known as Nick Fury's big week. So there's no possible way that the Battle of New York could have happened before 2011, which would put this Spider-Man movie, the current timeline of like where Tom Holland becomes Spider-Man, he's in Civil War and whatnot, at the year twenty nineteen. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because maybe because... they're moving forward because uh, Infinity War two, Avengers four, whatever you want to call it, will come out in two thousand nineteen. But that would put the civil that would put Civil War in twenty nineteen. Like in, oh. in terms of the the timeline mm. of the actual the MCU, which I don't think makes sense. However, um, we, we this is something that we'll come back to and revisit because uh, Kevin Feige has has uh, spoken out about this because people are obviously asking about it in like in interviews, like, oh, what's the deal with this? Like, what's the actual timeline? Where does this movie take place, and how does that affect when the other movies take place? And he basically said that they're going to put out a full official canon timeline for the MCU at some point in the near future. Which, we, I mean, that's vagities, but like that wasn't that long ago that he said that, so uh, mm-hmm. that is apparently still in the works. The last official timeline they did was in 2012, 
uh, just before Avengers came out. So they're going to put out a new official timeline um, soon-ish. And when that does come out, we'll uh, we'll do some sort of episode to cover it and straighten it oh, all dear out. God. <laughs> well, that'll be a full episode, and it'll be a long one, I can imagine, because the, the timeline is vast and in-depth and pretty crazy, to be honest. But anyway. Before, before we go any further, just a quick question. You are doing a backup recording, right? Okay, <laughs> just just in always. case this one doesn't work. Oh, always record. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you and I have been at this too long. We know. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, this eight years later, uh, we then see uh, Peter Parker who gets drafted into the Avengers by Tony Stark to help with uh, what the events of Civil War, um, and it is quite cool in this that we get to see. Uh, the stuff that happened in Civil War at the airport scene from Spider-Man's point of view he's like basically doing like a sort of video diary of his trip to <laughs> trip to Germany like oh I'm going to the, the Stark internship and yeah <laughs> and uh, and it, we see the stuff that he did in uh, at the airport scene as well so like just grabbing cap shield and uh like taking down a uh, giant man and whatnot, which is kind of cool and just like a little reminder of, oh look, Spider Man did these things and he's Spider Man and he's already got all his powers and whatnot, and he knows how to use them, although he's not quite a hundred percent on them just yet. He's still a noob. Yep. Uh, it's An Tony annoying Stark. little noob. <laughs> uh, so Tony Stark takes him back home after after these events and uh, basically sidelines him effectively um, and he just goes back to school to resume his studies um, and basically the, he he pitches it that he's kind of like doing the Stark internship as he calls it and that's what he's uh, is practicing as uh, for him coming for Spider-Man and he's being the he's to be the friendly neighbourhood Spider-Man where he helps people with lost bikes and, and uh, helps old ladies find where they need to go and rescues cats from trees and that sort of thing uh, because he's not quite ready to become like a full on Avenger yet um, he does uh, Peter Parker does quit the school academic decathlon team that he was on to spend more time focusing on his uh, crime fighting activities which <laughs> I mean he, he didn't really fight any crime for quite a while in this movie um, but eventually after he's been uh, after he's been doing his like friendly neighborhood Spider Man, he does come across a real crime where he sees some criminals trying to rob a bank, basically um, at night time using some of these advanced weapons. Um, and it's funny because these guys are dressed up as uh, like Thor, Iron Man, Captain America, and the Hulk, <laughs> and and they end up like he ends up managing to defeat them, but it does like do. A bit of damage to the neighborhood, but it was funny because just managed... a bit. The whole <laughs> yeah. goddamn bank blows up. <laughs> well, it was actually like it was the building across the street that they, that yeah. they took out, which is like That's uh, true. the bodega. One... Yeah, the bodega. Yeah, which is one of the places that he like as Peter Parker goes to to shop. <laughs> uh, so on on another night when he's uh, he's actually like going, he goes to like a party and. His his friend his friend Ned inadvertently found out that he was he was Spider Man because he was just in his room one night when he came home from patrolling and and he takes off the suit and he's just sitting there 
holding a giant Lego Death Star. Like, um, okay, so I guess you're Spider-Man. <laughs> and he, it's, it was really funny because he dropped the Death Star. Yeah, and that thing is a pain in the ass to build. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's that thing's thousands of pieces, like... Yeah. But uh, they, they do rebuild it later on. Why didn't understand is I'm pretty sure they had it fully built. And, like, why did he bring it around? Because he, he said that he was going to bring it around to help him build it. And it looked fully built. Anyway. Well, he wanted to show him that he finished it. I mean, who wants to carry a giant Death Star through the streets of New, to, of New York to your buddy's house? <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe he's got like a little cart that he just like drags it around on it. Or maybe he's, well, he's not old enough to have a car, so he wouldn't have a car. Maybe he took it on the bus. <laughs> Imagine taking that on a bus. It's like this kid with a giant Death Star Lego thing. Yeah, this kid's got problems. Anyway, um,. So yeah, on uh, <clears throat> on on another night when uh, they've when they've gone to a party after Ned has told the whole school that Peter Parker knows Spider Man, he's friends with him. Uh, they decide that they'll pull out the Spider Man party trick at this party to try and impress this girl Liz Allen, who Peter seems to be infatuated with. Um, but just as he's about to kind of jump in with and do his Spider-Man party piece, he uh, sees like a big explosion on the horizon, and he ends up coming across uh, some of Adrian Toomes' associates, uh, one of whom is known as uh, Jackson Bryce, who is also known as, in the comic books, The Shocker, uh, as well as a guy called Herman Schultz. Um, and now they're trying to like basically sell weapons to a local criminal called Aaron Davis, who is played by uh, what's the chap's name? Is it? It's Donald Glover, isn't it? Like, yeah, that's that's the chap's name. But there's the, not not the Donald Glover that we know, like the, the old man Donald Glover. <laughs> it's, the, it's the young man Donald Glover. <laughs> yeah, who is the who is the chap that was uh, touted to play Spider Man before Andrew Garfield was cast as Spider Man, um, and Stan Lee apparently wanted him to be cast as the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man in The Amazing Spider-Man before the cast, Andrew Garf- Garfield. Um, interestingly enough, it is noted that he has a nephew, this guy Aaron Davis, he has a nephew, and uh, it has been confirmed that his nephew is Miles Morales in this universe, although we do not see his nephew at all in this movie, and we do not know how old he is at this point. So, uh, Miles Morales is, is in there somewhere, um, and we don't know how that's going to affect things down the line. Because, I mean, they could. They, I assume that they'll go with Tom Holland for a good number of years before they pass the torch on to someone else. <sighs> well, he's signed for. Yay! Six, he's signed for six movies, including three Spider Man movies, so. <laughs> He's done. He's done Civil War, and he's done Infinity. Uh, he's done Infinity War one and whatever Avengers four is, plus these three Spider-Man movies. That would be six. So, don't know what happens to him beyond that if he continues to continues as Spider-Man, or if they decide to move on to someone else. So, uh, Spider-Man ends up fighting with uh, with these goons, uh, the Shocker. Um, and he eventually ends up being caught by uh, 
Adrian Toomes, who is the vulture, he's developed like a wingsuit for himself out of mm-hmm. the old Chitauri tech and bits, I think it's bits of helicarrier, not bits of, maybe not bits of helicarrier, but bits of like Quinjets and things. And he's developed this wingsuit thing, which is pretty badass. And he looks, he looks really quite menacing. Um, and he ends up getting dropped into a lake, <laughs> which, uh, which he nearly drowns, but he ends up being rescued by an Iron Man suit, which is being remote controlled by Tony Stark. Tony Stark is busy at a party, as uh, of course he is, <laughs> and he rescues him from this lake and tells him to forget about the uh, the scary Vulture Man. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of felt I felt bad for Spider Douche hmm. um, that he could that. Uh, Tony couldn't show up himself. He just sends a a robot. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like sorry for him as well because I mean he he has been trying to like throughout mm-hmm. this he's been like keeping happy up to date. So Happy Hogan, Tony's uh, like security guy basically, and his driver <laughs> is uh, sort of Peter's uh, go to contact. Um, and he's supposed to be keeping an eye on Peter, but he's busy with other things, so he basically just ignores Peter entirely, mm-hmm. even though Peter is, like, texting him every day, like, letting him know what he's doing, and, like, keep, like phoning him and leaving him multiple voicemails about all the all the uh, the things he's been doing. If I so was he, happy, I think I would be killing myself. Yeah. Or blocking <laughs> his number. Yeah, well, I mean, he didn't, he doesn't respond to him even one time. <laughs> it's just like... No. Yeah, great. Okay, great. Okay, it's Peter Parker. Okay, yeah, I didn't even need to look at it. <laughs> He's probably got nope. a special ringtone that just like it's a, it just says you don't need to look at this text. Oh, you douchebag! Douchebag! Yeah, douchebag! Douchebag! <laughs> but yeah, I, I did feel a bit sorry for myself. Wait, especially because I mean, like I say, he's been trying to contact Happy and let him know all the things that's been happening, and Tony then just comes in and gives him into trouble for doing all these things. <laughs> But most specifically for going after these criminals when uh, when he shouldn't be, he just basically tells them to leave it alone and uh, it it will be dealt with. Which I wasn't sure if Tony was going to deal with it himself or he was going to send someone else to go and, and go and deal with it. Um, anyway, while it's happening, uh, Vulture ends up accidentally killing uh, Jackson Bryce with uh, one of the the weapons that they've created. Uh, he's like a vaporizer gun. You're like okay, well I guess the shocker's dead, and then the the other guy Herman Schultz he becomes the the new shocker. Um, I thought I thought it was funny that was, they just killed this guy and we're like oh I, I killed him oh well sorry I didn't mean to do that you, you can be next. Like, oh. <laughs> like he took took the death very lightly, considering I think that I'm pretty sure that was the first person he would have killed. Like he wasn't that fussed about it. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little uh, blasé about it. That's how you know someone's a bad guy. When they mm-hmm. kill someone, they're like, oh, oh well, I killed him. <laughs> You're like, okay, fair enough. Uh, and we do see that um, as part of uh, the Vulture's sort of crew is the the Tinkerer as well. Yep. Who is a character from the comic books who, like in this version, creates weapons for bad guys. Um, I, th- I believe in the comic books he like he creates them and then and then sells them himself. He doesn't like work as a kind of underling of the of the vulture. I'm sorry, what was that? 
he doesn't really like work as an underling of the vulture. He's kind no. of his, he's kind of his own guy, and he like yep. he creates and sells the weapons himself. He doesn't go through anyone else. But obviously, it does come together with other villains from time to time for uh, villain villain team ups and whatnot, as you do. Yep. Uh, so Pete, uh, Peter does uh, find a bit of one of these weapons that uh, was discarded during the during the fight that he had with the Shocker, and uh, decides to examine it and they remove its power core. And he uh, he then gets chased by well not chased but he gets tracked down because this uh, this power core obviously emits an energy signature. He gets tracked down by uh, two of the goons, um, including Herman Schultz, um, the Shocker, and well. The shocker, and when he comes to, they actually come to the school. Uh, Peter puts like a, a tracker on him, like a spider tracer, if you will, and he decides to he decides to follow it. Um, now it ends up at one point going to uh, Maryland, where Peter decides to rejoin the decathlon team and accompanies them to Washington D.C. and it's only- Maryland. Not Maryland. 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 Maryland cookies. (laughs) It's like, wait, he's going where? Maryland. (laughs) Yeah, Maryland cookies. Maryland. Okay, that says Maryland to me. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) it's pronounced Maryland. That that wouldn't. That no. That will never fly with me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, it's only now that Happy calls him when he's leaving the state. He's like, oh, I see you're leaving the state. Why are you leaving the state? And he's like, oh, you need to tell me when you're doing these things. And and Peter's kind of like, well, look, I'm just going to like the school thing. He's like, yeah, you need to ask me. But okay, yeah, that's fine. Um, and obviously he realises he's got a tracker in the suit. And uh, they, they later work to remove that so that Happy can't trace them. And they put it on a lamp. And, and they say something like, uh, oh, have fun tracking this lamp, Happy. <laughs> I'm sure he did. Just stayed in a hotel room for the rest of the movie. <laughs> um, as well as well as that, they uh, they find out that the uh, the suit has uh, what's called as the known as the training wheels protocol on it mm-hmm. because obviously he has not completed any training as of yet, and he's still learning to use the the basic abilities of the suit. Um, but Peter gets Ned to uh, unlock the suit to its full capabilities so that he can use anything. He's like, oh, I don't need the training moves protocol. I'm ready. I'm a Spider-Man. I don't need any of that. And it, it's funny because he totally did need it. <laughs> I mean, he's not been Spider-Man for very long. and He's had this suit for even less. So he definitely needed the, the training moves protocol. Uh, so he, he tries to go and... Uh, and intercept these uh, the criminals to take down their like weapons empire and uh, get back to the this vulture guy. And he sees him at a gas station, and he finds out that the suit has like a. It's kind of like if you remember Jarvis originally in the Iron Man movies, the the voice controlling the armor and whatnot. Mm-hmm. He's got something similar in his uh, in his Spider Man suit. It's like an AI, which I can't remember the name that he calls this lady. No, it, uh, it escapes me at this moment, but uh, but yeah, it's like a, it's a kind of AI that helps him control the suit and uh, acts as a kind of guidance system for him. 
Uh, so he tries to he tries to stop a basically an, not quite an armed robbery, but a theft of weapons from a damage control truck, which was actually quite a cool scene. This so the uh, the vulture like hooks himself onto the top of this truck and like uses this I don't know what you call it like a phase shifter thing <laughs> to to be able to pass through the uh, the roof of the truck without uh, damaging it in any way uh, and he goes inside and tries to steal the some of the weapons but Spider-Man intervenes and he ends up not getting anything and the vulture just ends up leaving um, because his plan has been foiled. However uh, Peter does get knocked out inside the truck and ends up getting trapped inside the uh, damage control like weapons locker sort of <laughs> storage hub which is one of the most secure facilities in America at this point right uh, he does find out in amongst this as well that uh, the power core that he has left with Ned and he's just carrying it around casually in his backpack so that they uh, so that these guys can't just take it from the hotel room and whatnot is actually an unstable Chitauri grenade in its basic uh, form um, and if it does uh, if it does react with uh, I, I don't know exactly how how it would react but if it does react in some way with uh, some other chemicals then uh, the core could explode like uh, like a grenade and this does eventually happen when uh the rest of the decathlon team is uh, on a trip to the Washington Monument where typically they're in a lift and the power core explodes. <laughs> Which uh, traps Ned as well as some of the other guys in an elevator, including uh, Flash Thompson, who is traditionally Peter Barker's school bully. And usually in uh, in the movies and the comic books and whatnot, we've seen him before. He's been like a kind of burly sort of jock type guy but in this one he's actually like a kind of small small chap but he's still a bully but more in the kind of modern sense where he's like name calling and that sort of stuff rather than uh, actual physical harming kind of an interesting way to do a a kind of bully in this day and age yeah Uh, so Peter has to go and rescue them obviously dressed as Spider-Man he 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 does like he does some good Spider-Man in, in this to save his friends. To be honest, um, climbing up the building and using his spider drone and uh, using his web wing things, <laughs> which I always think are very like odd looking. Like he always made I don't know I always didn't mind them on Spider Woman, but when anytime I saw Spider-Man with the like webs underneath his arms, I always thought it looked very silly. I don't know why. Yeah. It just it looks like fit. a bad case of armpit hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or like a really like terrible attempt at like a uh, a wingsuit or like a cape or something. It's it's never quite sat right with me. But he does eventually manage to save them, um, including Ned and Flash and uh, Liz Allen as well. Who who in a, in a scene almost reminiscent of uh, if you remember in Amazing Spider-Man two, the scene with Gwen Stacy when like he tries to catch her and. Uh, and he fails at it. It's kind of similar to that, but he manages. He does manage to catch her in this and pull her to safety. Uh, so when he does uh, return to when he does return to New York, uh, back home, uh, Peter Parker persuades uh, the chap that he met earlier, the criminal Aaron Davis, again, like say Miles Morales' uncle. 
to reveal the sort of the hideout that uh, Vulture goes to now, or at least some of the details of his plans. Anyway, now um, he does like this intimidation tactic here, which does not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> and because he he puts on what is it they call it? It's like it's like an interrogation setting for his suit, which basically yep. like gives him like the Batman voice. <laughs> and uh and makes him like ang makes him because he had like he had like red eyes and stuff like that at one point in his movie and he's like no turn that off um but yeah basically gives him like a batman voice and he starts off like trying to be like this intimidating like guy and like <laughs> try trying to get this guy to spill the beans by like he webs his hand to the to his car boot and whatnot um char trunk sorry car trunk <laughs> Uh, uh, but then he I'm used up... to you. I'm used to your babbling, yeah, and but gibberish. He... <laughs> yeah, I don't and, correct and, you and anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, he ends up like the stuff he ends up saying is like sounds totally ridiculous because he's he's never done this before and he's also terrible at it. And uh, and uh, Aaron Davis does totally call him out on it because he directly says to him like, "Look, you need to get better at doing this part of." the job <laughs> like you suck at this um but he does he does tell him like uh some information about uh about this ferry that there's a deal supposedly going to be going down on and now he uh but he does spider-man just leaves him webbed up there <laughs> and he's like yeah you'll get out in a couple hours don't worry about it uh and and he's and he complains to him because he's got ice cream in the trunk but to be honest i mean he's got two hours to kill he's got ice cream in the trunk like, yeah. go for it. Just eat it. <laughs> just gonna, just gonna waste it if you don't. Mm. Uh, so, Peter then decides to go aboard the uh, the Staten Island ferry because there's going to be this uh, arms deal goes down on it, and uh, it turns out that uh, the arms deals between uh, Tombs and his crew and a new buyer that he has called uh, Mac Gargan. Now. The, you know who Matt Gargan is from the comic books. That would be the Scorp. No, that would be the Shocker. Yeah. No, no, Scorpion. You were right. The Scorpion. All right. Yeah. Yep. So he's a Scorpion, and and they make it a little bit too obvious in this <laughs> in this particular movie, to be honest, because he's got a Scorpion tattooed on his neck. <laughs> like the first time you see him, like Spider Man, like zooms in on him, and he's you just see the Scorpion tattooed on the neck, and I'm like, oh, that would be the Scorpion then. But yeah, this this whole scene, um, there's some like good fighting in it, and like Spider Man like trying to be the hero and whatnot. Um, however, it it does end up with one of the weapons that Tombs has brought along, that the Vultures brought along, um, malfunctioning, and it ends up basically tearing the entire ferry in half. Which was this to me was like probably my favorite scene in in the whole movie. Yeah, and it kind of reminded me of like there was a not a similar scene but there was a scene in one of the older Spider-Man movies Spider- where there yep. was a train yeah I yeah I know what you're talking yeah something yeah. like that and he had to save like a train full of people and, and, and like he managed it in that movie so um, I don't think it was like uh, the train got blown in half around the lab but the train was like about to go off the tracks and he had to use his like spider powers to uh, stop the train and he ended up like in front of the train so it kind of reminded me of that so uh but yeah, so the the this ferry ends up getting split in half and starts sinking. So he uses his webs to like 
web it together effectively and it seems like it's worked except he's not quite done it to <laughs> to the fullest because uh, in, in one guy's even like oh yeah well done Spider-Man and he thinks the uh, Spider-Man saved the day and everything but uh, then the the web start to break and uh, Spider-Man can barely hold it hold it together so at this point Tony Stark swoops in and then saves the day and then uh, this same guy's like oh yeah well done Iron Man and everyone on the ferry is like yeah Iron Man saved the day and Peter didn't really do anything after that <laughs> He held it together until the real heroes showed up. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, it's kind of it's kind of one of those things. Like you always postulate, and when you're watching any one of the movies that there's not somebody else in, you're like, oh, why would they not just call such and such to come and help him? And uh, Spider Man obviously didn't call Tony Stark here to come and help him, but Tony Stark just showed up and helped him, which I, I thought was quite believable because I mean, he's clearly still, he, although. It, didn't seem like he's keeping an eye on him. He actually is. And so after this is after this is all gone down, um, Tony then reprimands uh, Peter <laughs> for uh, trying to go do this all on his own, and he's like, "Well, no one else was doing anything about it." But on the on the sh- on the uh, ferry, there was uh, like FBI and whatnot ready there just to basically arrest Tombs and his and his crew. And if Spider-Man hadn't done anything, then presumably that would have gone down without a hitch we don't know maybe not because i mean tombs did have his vulture suit there with him so he would have probably still managed to get away anyway but they might have managed to arrest all the other people without destroying the bloody boat because that boat is not coming back from that like (laughs) okay you managed to save the people and whatnot like that boat is done and a boat like that costs a lot of money yeah um, it was also interesting here as well because uh, it was just the suit that Peter's talking to at the start, and and he's basically saying, "Oh, well, you couldn't even be bothered to come and see, come and see me yourself uh, again." And then Tony just like steps out of the suit. And he's like, "No, no, I'm here." <laughs> but it was just kind of funny as well because he sort of like steps down as if he's like walking down a flight of stairs, just out of the suit. Um, quite easy to get out of and into that suit. Like much more, much yeah. easier than the ways he's gotten in and out of the old ones. Like if you remember, even back to like the original Avengers movie, where he's got this huge contraption thing that like takes the suit off of him. And this one, it's just like, oh yeah, I'll just open it and step out. Like that's much more convenient. And the suit continues just to float there as well while, while they're talking. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he, uh, it's so, ready to go at any time. Yeah. Uh, so Tony does uh, confiscate the the Spider Man suit as well from Peter Parker, and Peter says says to him, "Oh, but I'm nothing without the suit." Uh, and Tony's like, "Well, if you're nothing without without the suit, then you shouldn't have it." Which which mm-hmm. is a fair comment because I mean he still has the same power set even without the suit. He doesn't need the suit to have his powers. Um, so I mean he's technically still Spider Man even without the suit. Um, but he just doesn't hasn't quite gotten to that realisation just yet uh, so Peter returns to his high school life and uh, eventually asks uh, Liz Allen to go to the homecoming dance with him which for some reason she agrees to even though he's incredibly unreliable up to this point he missed the decathlon that she was in charge of and uh, he even missed being rescued by Spider-Man and whatnot as well uh, but on the night of the dance and probably 
probably the other kind of standout scene in, in this movie. And um, Peter goes to pick up Liz uh, from her from her house, and he <laughs> who should open the door but Adrian Toomes, the vulture, the bad guy in the movie. <laughs> this Which, I did not see coming. No, me neither. Great twist. I just expected it to be some random guy, um, and then whatever antics would happen at the dance would happen. But this was a great twist. Like one of one of the better kind of twists that they've done in the MCU. It turns out that indeed, mm-hmm. uh, Liz Allen is uh, Adrian Toomes' daughter, which is which is is a kind of cool twist. And uh, mm-hmm. he has been saying all along that he's uh, only doing these like criminal jobs to like. And make money for his family and stuff like that, which has always been uh, Adrian Toomes' motivation in in the comic books as well. But yeah, so he's <laughs> he's been doing all these jobs and he's planning just like one last big job, which is which is going to take him. Uh, he's going to be able to basically retire after he after he's done this job, essentially. So. So yeah, he <laughs> it's a very awkward one because uh, Peter knows that this guy here is the vulture, but this guy doesn't know that he's uh, he's Spider Man. So it, it's funny because he's kind of treating him like the he's kind of giving them the dad talk, mm-hmm. and Peter's like Peter's acting really scared of him, and he's obviously just thinking it's because it's uh, because he's been intimidating with it with his dad talk stuff. But Peter's obviously scared of him because he knows that he's the vulture. Which is such a like such a good scene. The whole thing just great. Um, however, in in amongst it, and because of like conversations that Liz and Peter have, um, whilst they're talking about like Peter being being not around when Spider Man was around and whatnot, uh, Tim's eventually manages to work out that Peter Parker is indeed Spider Man, as as you would. <laughs> Because to him it's pretty obvious once you kind of put one and two together. Um, and and uh, when they get to the dance, like Liz, Liz goes inside and uh, and they say that. Oh, sorry, uh, Tooms says that he's going to have the the man to man dad chat with uh, with Peter, <laughs> and he basically threatens uh, retaliation if he interferes with his plans. He says. He says, like, okay, well, you saved my daughter, and I'm grateful for that. Like, obviously, at the Washington Monument. But if you interfere with my plans and what I'm going to do, then I'm going to kill you. Like, and he's got he's got a gun in this scene as well, which I thought was strange. Just like casually hanging out in front of a school with a gun, <laughs> threatening a, a school child. You're like, okay, <laughs> he's got balls. Mm. Uh, he's a Peter thug. Gun- He's a thug, yeah. Uh, but Peter uh, drops his phone in the in the car and leaves it on in in the car so that they can he can later trace it to see where uh, Tooms is going. And it was also really funny because, like, as soon as he goes in, as soon as Peter does go into the dance, he's like, "Oh, um, he's acting really shifty and scared," and and it is that whole thing of like Liz is obviously just thinking that his her dad's been really like intimidating towards Peter and being like don't touch my daughter and all this sort of stuff and Peter's now like terrified and then runs away (laughs) and obviously this is I mean that's probably quite mortifying for like uh, somebody of that sort of age to think that their their dad is like scared off their their crush (laughs) but yeah Peter's basically just realised that uh, 
that Vulture's planning to hijack the uh, damage control plane, which is going to be transporting planes from Avengers Tower to the team's new headquarters in upstate New York. Now, Happy this whole time has been busy because he's essentially clearing out Avengers Tower of all the stuff. Um, he's been packing it up, ready to move it to the new facility in upstate New York. Now, some of the things that are on on this plane would be very useful, including like there's a prototype of Captain America's new shield, and there's the Hulkbuster armor and things like that. Um, things that we've seen before the in the MCU and probably that we will see again, or maybe even haven't seen it, like Cap's proto shield. We haven't seen that before. I'd be curious to see if we see that again. Maybe. But yeah, so he's decided that, that and this is the one last big job that he's planning to do, and obviously if if he manages to steal things like the Hulkbuster armor and whatnot, I mean, he can just sell those things and then he's he's set for life. If he can sell the stuff that he's got there, yeah, set for life. Yeah, so he, yeah he, even, even hmm. like you said, even just one of the containers. Yep, even just one container, yeah, and that's millions and millions of dollars. Uh, so, Peter dons his old Spider-Man costumes. This is the homemade one that he had before Tony ever gave him uh, the Spider-Man suit. And he uh, he decides to head off to uh, intercept Tombs before he can uh, before he can hijack the plane. Uh, however, <laughs> however, uh, Tombs has left some insurance at the school, and he gets ambushed by the Shocker. And obviously he's not wearing the full-on Spider-Man suit. He's only wearing this, like, pyjamas, really. Spider-Man pyjamas with his web shooters attached. And and the Shocker pretty much immediately knocks his uh, web shooters off of him. But he does eventually manage to, to defeat him, despite him, like, punching school buses and whatnot. Him, with the help of uh, of Ned, his man in the chair, as, as he as he calls himself. and But he does he shoots, like, one of the web shooters at the shocker and uh, manages to get Peter back in, in control and uh, Peter manages to defeat him. Now, uh, Peter then goes as Spider-Man to the Vulture's lair where he tries to take him on and uh, fails quite spectacularly because he's kind of he's kind of trying to take him down and the vulture isn't trying to fight back to him he's just trying to uh first of all distract him till the till his suit comes comes around and then he's just trying to destroy the support beams of the building to uh collapse the roof of it on Peter's head which he does and he then leaves uh Peter to die supposedly underneath the uh the weight of this building however uh, he does manage to escape the rubble of this building. Now, there's a couple of like cool things in this. The fact that he could lift that for one shows like how strong he is. He does have super strength, um, and there's also like a there's also a nod to the comic books in it when he like looks down into the water and he sees like half of his face as Spider-Man and half of his face as as Peter. Which is like pretty much represented in every Spider-Man comic book on the front cover. Yes. And uh, yeah, so Peter does manage to intercept the Vulture as he is uh, attempting to hijack this plane. Now this plane is like, this plane's an automated plane, which was a bad idea, for one. Like you don't don't have an automated plane, 
should have have a security detail on this, even if it does have like advanced cloaking technology. Like, and I mean, the cloaking technology is basically the same as we've seen on the, on the bus from Agents of Shield. True. Yes, and you're right there. Yeah, and I mean, it's actually a very similar plane to that, to be honest, similar size and whatnot. But yeah, so uh, the vulture does uh, does get up to the plane and uh, starts to start to hijack it, and obviously Peter. <laughs> Peter interferes with his plans, and uh, they they have a, a bit of a bit of a fight you now, in and a, sort of in and around the plane, I would say. Um, one of the best parts of it is there's uh, there's cameras on the outside of the plane that uh, that basically are imaging what's around about them, so that so that it can project the skyline onto the onto the plane. So that it just blends into the background and people can't see it from down below and whatnot. And at one point, like Peter dresses Spider Man is like right up in front of one of the cameras, and uh, it's just he just ends up being like a huge Spider Man on top of this plane. So like I mean, if people looked up at that point, they would just see this huge Spider Man floating in the sky. Like okay, that's a weird thing. But I suppose if you lived in this wor- this version of New York City, you'd probably be used to seeing weird things like that at this point. So yeah, ev- eventually they they fight and uh, the the plane does end up being damaged and uh, it does end up uh, crashing as well. However, it is it does look as if it's going to crash into uh, some buildings in New York, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Peter manages to, and obviously they wouldn't ever want to show that in in a movie like like this. So uh, Peter does manage to save the day and uses the uh, the flapper ons on the outside of the plane to steer it into crashing on a on a beach near Coney Island. And of course, uh, the vulture he's still got some fight in him, <laughs> even even after being involved in this plane crash. Um, and so they end up still they end up fighting, and uh, Tombs ends up getting knocked into uh, the a part of the plane which ends up exploding. However, Peter uh, goes goes in and saves his life, which I mean he didn't have to do that. He could have just left him to die, but I mean being being Peter Parker and being Spider Man, he is at his core a good guy. And he's he has, does want to be the hero and whatnot, so he does go in and save uh, save Tim's life, and he leaves him for the police along with the plane's cargo with with a nice note, <laughs> all webbed up. <laughs> so obviously he gets arrested and whatnot, and after he is arrested, uh, Liz and her mom and that move away, and. Uh, Peter gets invited to go up to the new Avengers facility in upstate New York, and uh, Tony does ask him to join the Avengers as a full-fledged Avenger now that he's proven himself by uh, being able to function as Spider-Man without the suit. He's now worthy of the suit, and uh, so Tony offers him a position on the Avengers, and like, uh, and obviously the the everything that comes along with that, including a room at the at the facility next to the Vision. That's probably the worst room to be in, because as they say, the vision has no boundaries and does not use doors. I thought it was a great line. Yeah, he would just float through your wall, and I mean, he did. He, like he did that, and I think it was was it Voltron or or Civil War? I can't remember, but he just Civil floats. War. Yeah, it was Civil War. He just floats through the the wall into uh, 
Scarlet Witch's room and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you need to knock. <laughs> Uh, however, he uh, and Peter, uh, sorry, uh, Tony even offers to give him like this new shiny suit, which is kind of like it's kind of black and red, and uh, it is kind of reminiscent of the Iron Spider costume from uh, from the Civil mm-hmm. War comics. And I would assume it's got some of the gizmos and gadgets of it because it is an upgraded version of the suit. But Peter decides to that he doesn't want to do that, and he just wants to go back to being the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man for now, which. Is kind of admirable, and uh, and he kind of plays it off like as he's leaving, like, "Oh, this was a test, wasn't it?" Uh, and Tony's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a test." However, we see like after after uh, Peter goes away, that when uh, when Pepper comes into the room, there is like a full press conference being announced to <laughs> uh, being organised to announce uh, Spider Man joining the Avengers as like a new member. So they then have to come up with something new to announce, and Tony decides that he's going to basically pop the question to Pepper, <laughs> or announce that they've gotten engaged, which is interesting, because the last we heard about Pepper and Tony, they'd split up. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, they're back together. You're like, okay, someone needs to explain that somewhere, because... Disney added a zero to her contract. Yeah, and the interesting thing as well is that like she was removed from uh, the Lego Marvel Avengers game from what was it last year, year before. She wasn't in the game; she was removed from it, and uh, her lines were uh, reread by someone else. Even though pretty much everyone else's lines from the MCU were line for line and just the recordings from the movies, but hers weren't. They were re-recorded by another actress. So I don't know what happened there, but she's back now, and yay! Now they're back together. <laughs> Strange, but they need to need to explain that somewhere. Hopefully they'll do it in uh, in Infinity War at some point. Uh, so so Peter then goes home, um, and Tony does return the original Spider-Man suit that he gave him uh, to Peter, and he says basically, "Oh, this is your." Uh, this is, I think, this is Jules. So he's now, uh, he's now normal Spider-Man. He's got his normal suit back, and he puts it on just to go uh, to go out and patrol. We would assume. Um, however, just as he is, uh, just as he's put the suit on, uh, Aunt May walks in, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, what the fuck!" <laughs> and end of movie. And that's the end of the movie. Um, there is a there's a mid credit scene where. Uh, yes. Where we see Mark, uh, Mark, we see Mac Gargan, uh, the Scorpion, um, approaching Victor Toomes, and he asks him if uh, Toomes knows Spider-Man's real identity, which uh, Toomes the Vulture says that he does not know. Um, now the, he might have said that for two reasons: one, he wants to get him himself, or two, he might be uh, respectful that Spider-Man saved his life, and obviously he did save his daughter's life before, and he's like, okay, well. Like, it could have been worse, and he did a solid for me, so I'll do a solid for him, sort of thing. Or he might just be plotting his revenge on him from within bars and want to get him himself. Hey, that information uh, is premium. And A, Mm -hmm. you're not just going to give it to anybody, and B, you don't want it beaten out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the, and and then in the the second credit scene, uh, we saw through the movie, like, a couple of. 
sort of Easter eggs where Captain America had done these. Uh, I don't know what you call them. Like it's almost like an infomercial, but they're educational. Public videos for... service announcement. Yeah. Uh, they... School information video. Yeah, so they were like really cheesy and that, and it's like, oh, the Captain America workout challenges and the uh, Captain America like detention speech. I don't know what you call it. Um, and then there's this one at the end where where he's he's talking about the virtue of patience and how sometimes it's rewarded and you know sometimes it's just not. And then that's the end. <laughs> Which which I thought was really funny. Um, it was it, it was a, hilarious because yeah, you sit through five minutes of credits mm-hmm. and expecting I don't know another major uh, sh- uh, shockwave. Mm. You know, you know something like the announcement of the Avengers or uh, holy shit they're doing Infinity War mm. or something like that, and you get this stupid. Uh, government uh information video on patience i i I was like well played marble well played yeah and it was and it was funny like i mean i think people could have got annoyed about it but i think everybody kind of takes it in the sort of uh fair enough like okay time to go home (laughs) but yes um so overall chip what did you think of this movie (laughs) here we go here we go. Um, I saw it twice. I fell asleep in the same spot twice. Which spot? Uh, that'd be when he's in Maryland. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, <clears throat> it's... I'm, I'm working on my levels here, Andy. Talk to me. Yep, yep. All right. Um, I think, and my wife, you know, my wife uh, mentioned to me tonight because she knew we were doing the spoiler cast. Uh, I think the first 45, 50 minutes was a little long. Hmm. I thought there was a little too much high school bullshit. That, that was, I mean, that, that was probably the biggest problem. I don't want to see 16 Candles. I don't want to see Spider-Man and the Marvel team-up, Spider-Man and the Breakfast Club. (laughs) I want, um, you know, where were the Corys, you know? Um, So I thought all the high school bullshit went on way too goddamn long. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I understand you need to you need to introduce some characters. You need to put some background, but I was bored. I was bored to sleep twice. <laughs> now, um, you know, and I don't like this Spider Man. I don't. I, I don't know if it's the actor. I don't know if it's the way he's playing him. Uh, but I just don't like. I don't like Peter Parker. So, so, um, do you, so do you don't like him as both Peter Parker and Spider-Man, like Tom Holland? Yes. Okay. Because um, that's interesting. Because I, I mean, I always, I always didn't mind Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, but hated him as uh, Peter Parker. And then I really liked Andrew Garfield as as Spider-Man, but felt he didn't get Peter Parker at all because he like he seemed far too old <laughs> in 
all and always um, to be like a high school kind of kid. But I always I thought Tom Holland like got Peter Parker bang on. I, I, I just get this, I don't know, uh, golly gee willikers uh, vibe from from uh, Peter Parker. And I know he's 16 years he old. Like at, that, but, like at that time in the comic books, though. Yeah, I, and I just, you know, maybe I just don't like kids. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> that could, it could be a factor, yeah. <laughs> you know, he just comes off as a douche. Um, I'm not. I'm not too thrilled with the the accent he uses. Um, I don't. I don't know. He just, you know, and you know, I was probably as big a nerd as Peter Parker, but he, he just. I don't like him. <laughs> I he he. You know, he's a he's annoying, and yes, I mean, I know sixteen year olds can be annoying. Mm-hmm. I mean. Poor Happy. Mm. Happy should change his name to Grumpy after having to deal with this little shit. He was not happy at all at any point in this movie. No, because (laughs) he's he's irritating. Mm. I mean, just, you know, his daily uh, phone calls to Happy with his mission logs. Mm. Um, (laughs) You know, and I mean, I guess I get it. If you know, and Tony Stark made a mistake by uh, you know saying, "Well, keep in touch, and we'll, we'll we'll come get you when we need you." And then never, you know, basically, uh, you know, he dropped him off at the door and never planned to see him again. Supposedly, you know. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know about that because if it well, was monitoring, but I mean, they effectively benched him, benched for the season. Yeah, we'll come get you when we need you. Just chill. And uh, so, so I, I think the setup took a little too long to get to. I missed the whole Washington D.C. thing uh, entirely twice. Um, I, I usually woke up when they were in the elevator, um, and if we we had a family thing tonight last minute, otherwise I was going to go rewatch the part I missed. Um, I liked I, I liked the fairy scene. Yeah, I thought I that was it. absolutely mm. spectacular. Mm. Um, I actually <laughs> want to go see it in 4K. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, it's another thing though that they spoiled it in the trailer because they shouldn't have shown that in the trailer. Because I mean, it is one of the like I would say it's one of the kind of like, iconic set pieces in this movie, and they like gave away their best moments in that in the in the trailer for the movie. Like I hate it when movies do that. I'm like, okay, yeah, movies, movie trailers should always build hype and whatnot. But like, you can do it in other ways that don't spoil the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I agree. But I, I don't know. I guess if you just show a little snippet of it, maybe uh, you get more people intrigued. Because I mean, it it is a spectac. I mean, it it's a fantastic optic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll give them that one, uh, you know, because they didn't spoil all. I mean, they yes, they did show a piece of it. But, uh, you know, that was probably, like you said, the best scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And I know you're trying to build a Spider-Verse, you know, um, you're you were introducing a ton of characters in this movie. 
Yep. Uh, a lot of Spider-Man's rogues gallery, probably a build. I mean, supposedly there's a Sinister Six movie, but is that in this universe or is that in Sony's special spider universe? Who knows? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of up in the air at, at this moment. Um, you you know you have the you you have the the lynch uh, the you know kind of a hint towards a Miles Morales scenario in there. Um, it's not the worst Marvel movie, but it's not in my top ten. It might be out just outside the top ten, but um, it was it was too long. I think in the end it was just a little too long, a little too much Breakfast Club, uh, and you know we know that Marvel's trying to play and kind of try different genres out. We've had heist mm-hmm. movies. Uh, this was their uh, John Hughes coming of age movie. Um, so I guess in the end, I would say it was just all right. There, there are scenes that are absolutely spectacular. I love the fairy scene. I liked the way the movie ended. I liked the plot twist when uh, we find out the vulture is Liz's dad. Um, but there were a lot. There was a lot of this movie could have been cut by twenty minutes. Yeah, I would. I would kind of agree with that. Maybe like maybe ten or fifteen minutes, and and it would have improved the pacing somewhat. I I did I did think that whole business with from like doing his friendly neighborhood Spider Man. I thought they could have handled that a bit better as well because they made him look like a bumbling fool. Which I mean, he, which I mean, you can see from Civil War. Okay, he's still getting to grips with his powers and whatnot, but he's not like an absolute idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and maybe there, it's just like oh. Yeah, I mean, they did. They spent the first half of the movie showing what a putz he is, mm. uh, and the you know the chase uh, from you know the party scene and the chase where he's running through the backyards because well he's in the suburbs now. There's no buildings to swing from, yeah. uh, <laughs> and you know all of that, you know. You could probably cut 20, 30 seconds from each of those little scenes in there and just tighten the thing up. And it just so, um, you know, and you you bring this character down so far by showing, you know, showing him bumbling and basically, uh, you know, then having almost a cataclysmic uh, disaster on his hands if all those people on the boat drowned uh if iron man didn't save his ass and then you build him up much fast you know he, he's built up in you know the last 20 minutes of the movie hmm. yeah, um, being the hero then yeah so um i i think they what you know they they should have probably done a little more uh, a little less bumbling. Take out one of the scenes. Take, a, I, I mean, I. There's cuts to be made. Hmm. This isn't a movie that I would want to see an extended version 
I would want to see a condensed version. Mm, yep. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, Tony Stark was great. Um, Aunt Milf was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I really didn't think she was in the movie very much at no. all. I mean, she was in maybe, what, like three scenes, something like that? Three, four scenes. Yeah, which which uh, which was a shame. Maybe a few like, more. Because I know I know you were a big fan of the of the casting here, <laughs> Marissa Tomei, and uh, or Tomei, 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 Tomei. Um, but yeah, like and and for how big a character like Aunt May is in Peter's life, they didn't really explore that relationship very much, apart from like saying that she was basically his mother figure. They also didn't mention any of his origin, which I was quite happy about. Or and they didn't also mention like anything about what really happened to his parents at all. No. Which I mean, we we kind of we do know like the the accepted story from the comic books, but like they, ha- they never mentioned like any of it in this movie. There wasn't time. I mean, they had already. I mean, they had they had too much already on their. Pl- they they already have too much on their plate with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the other. I mean. While you know more milf would be a nice thing, uh, at the same time, like I said, you there's there 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 you need to cut some of this stuff, well, and <laughs> and the you know while the background stuff, some of it was interesting, some of it didn't need to be there as well. Um, I I think uh, the vulture was spectacular. You know, um, what's his? I, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Michael, uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton. You know, Michael Keaton has played some of the most iconic comic book characters ever. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, hell, hell, he was he was the quote unquote original serious Batman. Yeah, um, he, was, he was really good as Batman, and like yeah. I, I felt he did a really good job of playing like a, a realistic vulture because when they first announced that the film was going to be the vulture I mean you've got that immediate like thing that springs to your mind of like this guy in a bloody <laughs> green like uh, skin tight leather suit or like kind of pajamas with feathery wings yeah. you're like oh that like I don't want to see that um, but yeah and the thing is in the comic books uh, Adrian Toomes is like 80 years old <laughs> he's like a really old man. He's got like, a, what is it? It's a granddaughter that he's got. And, you know, he's bald. Mm. And it was like, you know, and so, and I know Michael Keaton is an 80, but he's got to be at least 60, 65. Mm. Um, so it seemed like a right, uh, you know, uh, the right person to cast. Mm. But this guy's coming off as uh, my age. Pro, you yeah. know, 45, 50, he, he, he almost comes across younger than me. Um, <laughs> and that, you know, he has a 17-year-old 70, daughter. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it was it was interesting, but he made a good vulture. He did. Not, but nothing like uh, the, and I don't know if the latest incarnation of the vulture is, the 80 year old Adrian Toomes, because I haven't read a Spider Man or seen a Vulture comic in uh, ages. Uh, but 
you know, I liked their take on the vulture. Hmm. I you know, I I think they're doing a decent job of connecting these movies through whether it's characters or tech or events from uh, previous movies. It works, and they 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 uh, they make these characters with abilities believable. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, while while we've been having fun for the last six months with me uh, just uh, trashing this movie, and it's not like I said, it's not one of my favorites. Um, it does have its moments. But at the same time, it bored the piss out of me. <laughs> the 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 and I went with I went with a six or seven year old, a thirteen year old. I think my mom and my wife, hmm. and even even the thirteen year old wasn't thrilled with the movie. Because a lot of the high school bullshit bored the hell out of him, too. And it bored the hell out of uh, my wife. And I think uh, I, I think they should have uh, cut down on that crap. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, like like say, I went to see it with my, my dad, my daughter, and they both really, really enjoyed it. Um, they, they were in the usual. She would, didn't like the, the vulture. She thought he was scary. <laughs> I think it's the glowing green eyes and the sort of menacing look that he sort of had when, uh, especially when he was kind of in, in darkness, <laughs> that uh, that she was kind of scale of it. But but all the stuff where like any time when Spider Man was around, like really enjoyed all that. I don't know if she, if she quite got the full extent of all the high school bullshit. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. she's kind of following along. Like yep, this talking. Yep. No well, Spider-Man Zev's here. no Spider-Man here. <laughs> Zev's my thirteen-year-old nephew, and so he's just you know starting to dip his toes into the middle school, high school mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, so uh, that might be just a couple years. Uh, a lot of that crap, I assume, is a couple years uh, uh, ahead of him, mm, yeah. but. Uh, he's got to be getting close to dealing with that crap, and you know, G- Gabe, uh, my the six, the se- seven-year-old, uh, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, he he just loved all the Spider-Man crap. Yep. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I you know, yeah. I'm, so I I I I think I've said my piece. It while it there was a there are things to like about this movie. Uh, Spider-Man isn't one of them, um, <laughs> but the the action, uh, the actual plot, overall plot, was very good. Hmm. And you know, hopefully, uh, uh, in it, he becomes less annoying. I mean, I think and it that, might be that, that he's just playing an annoying sixteen-year-old. Yeah, which yeah, is like, redundant, but yeah, I mean, that was I was going to say that. Like, I think he'll become less annoying as he gets older and kind of gets more to grips with his role as Spider-Man. Um, I, I think they they kind of got the balance decent between like Peter Parker and and Spider-Man. Um, 
he did have a little bit of the wisecracking and stuff like that, but I, I thought they did it better in Civil War, to be honest. Like, his wisecracking in Civil War was far better than any of it was in here. Like, I, I felt it was a bit, a bit more restrained in this movie. Because, I mean, Spider-Man is known, like, especially when he's mm-hmm. fighting pretty much any kind of villain for cracking wise throughout his fight and that's how that's how he stays uh, that's how he like basically doesn't get scared because uh, he just like makes jokes all the time to take like to take away the, his fear which uh, which is kind of like that's one of his like iconic things mm-hmm. that he does mm-hmm. he didn't really seem to do that very much in amongst us apart from when he was fighting those like four burglar guys that's like anytime he was fighting the vulture I didn't really feel like he was doing that very much I would agree with you. I think um, I think his best iconic Spider-Man bit hmm. would would be the the bank robbery. Yep. I mean that was where okay this this is Spider-Man. This is you know this is the wise ass guy that uh, you know everybody loves in the comic, and that scene worked. Mm-hmm. And it worked better than some of the other stuff. I mean, he did try to do it a little bit at the beginning of the ferry scene, mm-hmm. but then as soon as it started like getting worse, he stopped doing it. And, and like then, when he's fighting with the vulture later on and whatnot, he didn't really do that at all. <laughs> he was just all serious and all about like saving the day. Whereas in the comic books, regardless of pretty much what's going on, Spider-Man will be just like cracking wise to take his mind off the fact that he's like flying about on a plane or like about to fall off a building or like fighting against a giant interdimensional space beast of some kind that sort of stuff but but, like I say I mean in Civil War he totally cracked wise the entire time he was fighting Mm -hmm. didn't stop and he was and and, I mean they they mention it like in the movie like oh does this guy not shut up that sort of thing yeah (laughs) because they're not used to that they're like what the hell's going on and they should have done more of that in this movie and I thought it was a little bit of a missed opportunity. Um, that's the that's probably the one area that the Amazing Spider-Man movies got right. Um, Andrew Garfield's version of Spider-Man did do a lot of that cracking wise, and he was a bit more kind of harsh about it um, than this version of Spider-Man. Is this this one's a little bit more toned down, but I, I think they need to move need to go a little bit heavier with that in the. In the next movies that they do, I think Infinity War will hundred percent do it. Well, the only problem with Infinity War is nobody's going to have enough screen time, anyways. Well, that's true. Because I mean, would... <laughs> you got what sixty characters? In oh there. yeah, yeah. I, um, I would imagine any time when when Spider Man is on the screen fighting as Spider Man, he's going to be like spitting out like wisecracks about this or that. To an extent, yes. But uh, overall, I did, I did enjoy the movie. Um, I, th- I thought there was quite a lot of decent humour in it. Um, with that mm. was all very, very family friendly. Um, nothing too like racy or anything like that. Which which made for a, a decent overall movie. Um, but but yeah, I I do agree that there was probably a little bit too much of the high school bullshit and like the stuff with the uh, the decathlon team, like. Yeah, they won the the, the Cathlon, they got a stupid trophy. Like, great. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, all of that, I mean, it's world building, I suppose, for, like, down the line. You introduce the characters, like, Liz Allen, who you just, like, 
sent away at the end of the movie so she's not going to be mentioned again probably um, unless the vulture comes back later on down the line um, and then like these other people like Flash Thompson and think and uh, Betty Brandt and things like that showing up okay <laughs> uh, what did you think of uh, the character MJ she so she she's she's like that freaky girl in the breakfast club that was played mm-hmm. by who um oh, I can't remember her name I I'd have to google it um she, uh, she was like the Ali Sheedy Ali Sheedy yes yeah. <laughs> thank you um and uh she was I don't know what to make of her I mean and then at the end uh, they uh, you know she says my friends call me MJ but then we've been told well that doesn't mean that she's the MJ hmm. or I think Faggy said that uh, afterwards uh, but uh, yeah, you know it's another one of those things where did we need her in the film? Did, did she add anything other than some comedic uh, moments, uh, you know, where, like, she'd be taking pictures or doing weird stuff? It's like, uh, you know, it didn't go anywhere, really. Yes, but, I mean, I would say that, like, with with her, I mean, she was much, a more interesting character than, like, what Liz Allen was. yeah. Like in terms of, she at least had like a bit of kind of spark about her, and she was kind of like she was kind of snarky and like so I had a didn't give a fuck attitude. Um, I I would I would I would I wouldn't use spark. I think I would use um. Shit! I just had it. (laughs) (laughs) Um. No, never. I mean, I mean, she at she was um. Well, she didn't add, but she didn't really add anything. I, I don't think any of the, the, any of the supporting cast in high school really added anything to the movie. Ned, I thought I wasn't a big fan of. I mean, I thought he was okay, like for for the role that he had, like like he yeah. he says the guy in the chair. I mean, he's absolutely fine at that. But I mean, he's. The, the the one thing about that is like usually the guy in the chair is like some kind of super genius or like uh, the the person that you can go to for anything and he doesn't really know that much apart from like how to Google things. <laughs> he's good at Google. Like, gotta give him that. Oh, he's a fifteen-year-old uh, nerd. <laughs> um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I'll cut him some slack. He he he, he was a, he was a decent guy in the chair. Uh, you know, he's not Overwatch. Mm. No, he's, he's I can't certainly rem- not. I can't remember her name right now. Um, Felicity. <laughs> Felicity, yes. I, I'm blanking on it. It's late. Um. <laughs> the, the uh, I, I think his, his best moment is like, not not when he shoots his web at the, uh, at the Shocker, but when he's in the, he's in the computer lab and he's helping Peter out by like doing his Googling and like a teacher comes in and she's like, oh, the dance yep. is on. Why aren't you at the dance? And it's just like, um, I'm watching porn. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious because this teacher's obviously like doesn't know any any of the wiser about it, and she's just come into a school computer lab when there's a school dance on, and there's just some like 
some kid sitting there just like watching porn. You're like, what is happening? <laughs> like, no one would do this. Um, I mean, it it did have its funny moments, and I think the word I would use for MJ is mystique. Mm-hmm. Because she just, you know, she just does weird things. Like, she's like taking pictures of Peter, or f- kind of pops out of the shadows when he's doing something, or. You know, uh, it was odd, but, um, you know, like I said, I've seen worse movies. I, you know, I still think uh, the first Avenger, uh, you know, holds the record for putting me to sleep the most. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you know, you have we have that bar set. Um, but. I don't know. I'm I'm hoping the second one uh, is better, and uh, we see a more mature Spider-Man with some battle experience, hmm. and that um, uh, you, you know does the wise ass stuff and keeps the annoying stuff, the the kid shit, to to a minimum. I'm just coming across as a cranky old man tonight. I, and, and it's like, you know, if if he was swinging by, I would tell Spider-Man to get off my lawn um, and turn the music down. Um, but you know, I mean, I bought the I, I bought the 4K mainly because a I got it real cheap, and b uh, I was going to try and rewatch that scene. Um, <laughs> But you know it's it's all right. Um, what do you think of Stanley's cameo, which was just uh, when Peter was doing his friendly neighborhood Spider Manning, uh, he he tried to stop a person from breaking into a car that turned out to be their own car. <laughs> oh, that's right, and he was in the window, right? Yeah, and obviously the uh, because he sort of stopped this and bashed the person off of the car uh, that caused the car alarm to go off, which then woke up all, or roused all the neighbours, including Stan Lee. Stan Lee. Yeah. They not find the a way to get him in. You know, yeah. it's not his best, but, you know, hey, it worked. I like, I mean, I really liked his one in Ant-Man, and uh, I, I liked the one that they did in, uh, in Guardians 2 as well. That was really good. Well, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, you can't hit them at the park in every movie, unfortunately. No, and I mean, you know, there's been... It, it was a it was a fair Stanley cameo. Hmm. I think I think the Thor one is the best. The the new Thor one? Yeah. I haven't seen it yet, so... Oh, uh, that's right. Don't, don't tell me what it is. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet, but... <laughs> uh, and when I say the best, uh, uh, the Guardians two probably is the best of all time. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. Uh, all right, we're beating this thing to death. Was there anything else you want? Were there? Were you wanted to go over Easter eggs? Um. Yeah. So just like one or two other Easter eggs to mention. Uh, obviously, we spoke. We mentioned like the Miles Morales thing, which is one of the kind of more obvious ones. There. Betty Brandt was in there. Um, she's obviously a character from the comic books. She was uh, now. 
I don't know if you might have caught, might not have caught this, but because it was very brief. Um, so like after, uh, after they come back from the decathlon, and uh, that after that incident, there's like a news sort of report on one of the TV screens that is done by students, and it's really low budget and like badly acted and whatnot. But uh, Betty Brandt is the sort of news anchor on the on the screen there. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't think I picked up on that, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so th- there was that. There's also um, on the on the plane when uh, the vultures hijacking the plane. There's a bunch of stuff that you see in, in amongst that, and supposedly on like Happy says on on the, uh, the on the plane is like a new prototype of Captain Max Shield, the Hulkbuster armor and whatnot. And we do see when the vulture is on the plane that there is. Uh, parts of uh, various Ultron bots and also a black hole grenade which uh, you might remember from Agent Carter okay so little cool nods like that Um, the gauntlets that the Shocker has are actually Crossbones' gauntlets from the Winter Soldier hmm so the same ones I don't know quite Mm -hmm. what the deal is with them ending up (laughs) getting their hands on it but okay they they got there uh, the the principal of uh, Peter's High School is uh, Jim Marita's grandson, and now Jim Marita was one of the Howling Commandos, Commandos. from Captain America: The uh, First Avenger. And I, th- I can't remember exactly, but was he not in an episode of Agent Carter as well? Yes. Yeah, I thought he was. Yep. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Apart from the fact that the voice, uh, or Karen is the name of the the voice in uh, Peter's suit. He calls her Karen. Uh, she actually played Betty Ross in the Hulk movie. Now, not the Incredible Hulk, which was part of the MCU. This was the Hulk movie that came out before that. <laughs> okay. Called Hulk. And it's a bad movie. Do not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bad movie, uh, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all the, the Easter eggs and whatnot. There's obviously the uh, the obligatory references and whatnot to various comic book creators with street names and like graffiti mm-hmm. and things like that. But I mean, they they're all they always do that in every in every one of these movies. But I think that's more kind of like the tie the tie ins to the the MCU as a whole. And they do mention as well, like obviously the Sokovia Accords, Battle of New York, uh, the robot dropping the city, that sort of thing, as well as uh, the the incident at the Triskelion gets mentioned as well. But yeah, I think hey, it's all problem. connected. It's all connected. Yep, um, the Captain America ones were were quite funny, especially the end one, like because you just thought that. The, that was going to go somewhere and even after that I was like okay well I'll just keep waiting until they show me the thing that he wants me to be patient for and it just never came <laughs> <laughs> he's like you just want me to sit there until Infinity War comes out I'm like yep okay and I'll, I'll have to I'll have to crack open the Blu-ray because I think uh, I read an article he like recorded uh, they did like 20 of those and they're on the Blu-ray oh nice Nice. I'd be curious to see what the other ones were, and I, I imagine that they probably are not as funny as those ones, but probably still worth watching anyway. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that out at some point. Hmm. So, but yeah, All I right. think uh, 
I think I think that's pretty much all we need to say about Spider Man. Uh, I did really like the movie overall. Um, like I say, not not the absolute best that it could have been, but it could have been a lot worse. Like, uh, I, I I do think that as as far as like a modern day Spider Man goes, the for for me I know I know you didn't like it, but for me for like a young modern day Spider Man, uh, I felt like they pretty much got it right. Um, for the most part, and they've given the character enough that he can develop over time to become the much better version of Spider-Man in the comic books as he grows up and kind of grows into the role. Um, it's good. That they, I think it's good that they've signed him for six movies, and it, it means that you're going to get a lot of time with him and get him to. Like, I mean, six movies. You're talking ten years. So by yeah. the, by the time the third movie's out, he's going to be what like twenty five. Odds, maybe. Maybe. Maybe not quite as old as that, because I suppose this, like, he's already done. What four, he's shooting the fourth movie just now, so they'd have two more after that. So you're probably talking twenty twenty two or something like that. So maybe five years. So maybe be in his early twenties anyway. And um, they'll have grown Spider Man up a wee bit by then. He'll be out of school and out of college, and you'll be presumably working at the. Daily Planet and Daily Planet. <laughs> the, that's the wrong universe. You'll be working at the uh, the Bugle. It's the Bugle, isn't it? Yeah. Daily yes, Bugle. the Daily Bugle. Yeah. You'll be working at the Daily Bugle, or maybe he'll even have gone on to like become the scientist, like he does in the comic books. Who knows? So I'm excited to see what they do with him going forward. I, th- I think you got to do a couple of years at, uh, as the reporter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is such a. Oh, I mean, that is such a. Or a photographer, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's such a, a huge chunk hmm. of Spider-Man lore. I mean, J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, yeah. You know, a lot of the characters they introduce, Betty Brant, uh, Ned, um, Liz, well, no, not Liz Allen, but a lot of them are actually characters that uh, he uh, meets at the Bugle. You know, they're you know, Ned wasn't Ned a reporter? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe they based this this version of Ned on Ned Leeds. I think it was. I think that was a reporter at the Bugle. It, it could be. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that one. Ned Leeds. He was. Yeah, he was a he was a reporter. Yeah, so he wasn't his uh, nerdy high school friend. He was uh, a co-worker at the Bugle. Hmm. I mean, he did uh, he did become uh, Hobgoblin. Did he? One of the one of the Hobgoblins, yeah. At one point, there were there have been lots of Hobgoblins over the yes. over the years. So, yeah. All right, we done with Aunt Milf the movie. Yeah, I think we killed it. <laughs> okay. Um, this was a special episode of uh, Agents of Shield cast uh, tonight. This, you know, this this will be on our feed. This may or may not go up in all games. Don't put it up until after Friday. That way, uh, yeah. uh, the Shield one goes airs on all games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can always find our episodes on Stitcher and iTunes. And on allgames.com. Uh, we, the show airs every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. And, Andy, you have other shows to mention? 
Yeah, so I also do uh, 42 Level 1 with Ali every Tuesday, uh, live on allgames.com, 9.30 Greenwich Mean Time, 1.30 Pacific, 4.30 Eastern, and we talk everything, movies, TV shows, and mainly video games. Uh, on our latest episode, we covered, uh, well, we've, what we've started doing is, uh, we've started to cover uh, movie sequels that you never knew about, or possibly didn't care about or possibly <laughs> maybe you need to may, need to see these so in this in this uh, week's episode we covered the classic home alone four. Oh dear god i didn't know there <laughs> i knew there was a two i didn't know there was a three and four. Oh god yeah i mean the three uh, three is well like relatively well known but four oh my god <laughs> four is not known and well, yeah, yeah, just listen to the episode and you'll hear our thoughts on it. But uh, it is a is direct, the... it is a direct sequel to Home Alone one and two, and it is the same, the same character set, all played by entirely different actors. I was about to say, do we get to see? I mean, by that time, Macaulay Culkin should be at least seventeen or eighteen. So I figure uh, the movie ends with him dying of a heroin overdose <laughs> in the basement alone. No, this is a nine-year-old Kevin McAllister. Uh, is uh, yeah not played by Macaulay Culkin and in fact has different hair color and everything from Macaulay Culkin. Very strange, very interesting movie to watch. So yeah, l- yeah listen to the that. episode and you. I, f- I figure after all the horrible things Michael Jackson did to Macaulay Culkin, you know he gets str- <laughs> strung out on drugs and dies of a heroin overdose. You know maybe in the bathtub or something that, like that. That would have probably been a, a much better, better movie? hard-hitting movie. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah, that is that, <laughs> yeah, that's not what happened to this movie. No. Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, you can catch me Tuesday nights as well on allgames.com, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the B-Team podcast with Ryan, Fred, and Eli, where we discuss video games, tech, some movies, some TV. Uh, we try to keep the vape talk to a minimum. Uh, <laughs> but if you want to hear vape talk, along with almost anything else on the planet... It was another uh, Android versus Apple uh, battle this week. You can catch me on Knuckleballer Radio with Sean Freeman and Eli, um, where we talk everything. Uh, I do think that vaping is going to be a regular segment, though. (laughs) Eli really wants to do a vape cast. He just hasn't come out and said it yet. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And we will take sponsors by any vaping manufacturers who want to send us uh, mods and uh, uh, juices. Uh, <laughs> we'll take them over here, need, too. That's probably one thing you don't need more of, Chip. <laughs> what, mods? The mods, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looks like one of mine is fried. I got to, after the show, I might sit down and try and fix it. Um <laughs> But yes, check out Knuckleballer Radio. It's not all about vaping. Um, but you will learn a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all right. Uh, we do have a tw- you, you can follow us at, uh, what is it? Cast of Shield on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page as well, uh, Agents of Shield Cast. Leave uh, leave comments there on a regular show. We do read them all, and we also really like it when we get reviews over on iTunes, um, and we do read those on the show as well, good, bad, or indifferent. 
Um, okay. I don't. So I don't care if Aunt Milf wants to get frisky in the back seat. Whatever you do, don't touch Lola. Night, guys. <laughs>